Welcome listeners to episode number 13 of the Andrew Food for Thought podcast. On today's episode, I am joined uh, by my friend and co-worker Adam Miller, and we are eating at Iputo Ramen in downtown Berkeley. Um, so Adam and I uh, work together, so we just are taking a little bit longer lunch break today and took the train up to Berkeley, and we're going to try some ramen. Uh, this is like a well-known ramen place here in Berkeley. Um, so to start off, Adam, if you want to explain to us uh, how you heard about this restaurant and what made you decide to come here today. Yeah. Uh, first off, thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be on the show. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I fell in love with ramen pretty recently, two years ago when I moved to San Francisco. And I've been on a mission to try ramen all over the Bay Area, mostly in San Francisco where I live. But, uh, but about... Probably the second place I ever had ramen was here at Apudo in Berkeley. Um, and since then, I've tried almost a dozen places, and uh, I wanted to come back here now that I have like a more, uh, I have more experience on what bad ramen looks like, what good ramen looks like, and kind of what I like to see in a bowl of uh, of pork tonkotsu ramen. So you've you've been trying ramen for a couple of years now, and more specifically here in the Bay Area. So what kind of recommendations would you give if somebody is visiting for the first time and they want to check out a ramen spot? Like what ramen shops would you recommend somebody to go try? Like are there any favorite ramen places that you like to go to that you um, frequent often? So the first thing is uh, the place I'd recommend. My top three in San Francisco um, is uh, is Goku Ramen in the Mission. Uh, And I'll explain why it's number one here in a little bit. Uh, the second one is a small chain. It's called Iza Ramen, and they have a location in Hayes Valley. They have a location in Soma. Um, the location in Soma is really, really awesome. It's uh, you know, like a lot of things in Soma. It's um, it's kind of in like a smaller building, um, and it has a lot of natural light. Like it used to be like a loft apartment, I think. Um, and so they have just like a ton of natural light pouring through, and so it's a really cool like ambiance. It's a great place to go day drink. And the third place is kind of a hole in the wall in the Tenderloin, uh, Tenderloin slash like Union Square area. Um, so you'd think it'd be touristy. It's actually right next to a Jack in the Box, which is kind of funny. Um, it's called Katanaya. It's downstairs in a place where you get zero cell reception, and it's like in this dark, you know, windowless place that looks like a great karaoke room but it's just a restaurant and they serve the biggest bowls of ramen that I've ever seen so those three are my favorites um, as far as what I look for uh, as I mentioned I've only been eating ramen for like two years um, the main thing I look for is like the broth um, obviously the pork tenkotsu broth like where they slow cook the they make like a pork um, a stock almost you know they brew it or like they they boil it or cook it for like 24 hours to get like all the fatty flavor from the pork and so a really fatty broth is awesome um and then of course like the quality of the meat is the second most important thing um the the pork belly or pork chashu you know like it can be cooked really tender if you slow cook it and it like melts in your mouth i'm sure you know what i'm talking about um and sometimes you get it and it's like really chewy it's almost like you have to kind of like take it off the like out of the bowl into onto a plate and like cut it with a fork and a knife to eat it that's obviously no good um there's some minor differences like personally i like my food a little bit spicier so i try to be like not as harsh on judging it about that um you know because that's kind of more to taste but those two things the quality of the meat and like the the flavor of the broth um to the, the two things that i kind of look for i have to say i'm 
excited for this episode because I think there's a lot that I can kind of learn about different places around the city to try ramen. I've really only been to like one place, mostly in the city, is the Ramen Bar, which is near Financial District uh, on California Street. So that was that was the place that I used to go for lunch uh, when I was working down in the Barcadero Center, and I think it's kind of like a pretty good ramen spot. There's nothing that really maybe stands out about it. Uh, but it's like a popular lunch spot because there's so many people that work in that area. And since I've been working in Oakland, I've been to like a couple of the ramen uh, shops around, like on Broadway Street or like down in Chinatown. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm excited to come up here to Berkeley. I really love Berkeley. I love this downtown area. So it's cool to try another place. And, and also just like hear about the different um, shops that you found, like even in different neighborhoods. Like, oh, here's one in the Mission, a place that's known for Mexican food, but there's like a good ramen shop there. Here's one in the Tenderloin. Um, so I'm also just curious, like you said, it's only been maybe two years since uh, you kind of have been exploring ramen. So what brought about that interest and maybe what, um, what was it that made you like not try ramen until that time? Like, was it was it moving to a new city or like what kind of like brought about that interest for you? I went to school in Austin uh, at UT, and I lived there for most of my adult life before I moved to San Francisco. Uh, and in school, obviously, I had what every college student has is that that crappy little packet of ramen that you put in the microwave with like some water, a little spice packet. That wasn't real ramen, but I didn't know that. I mean, I had never been to Japan. I mean, I still haven't. I certainly hadn't, like, you know, explored much of the world then. So I literally thought ramen was, was that. Uh, so I kind of avoided uh, ramen entirely for the next 10 years after that. Uh, even when I lived in Austin, Austin has a lot of amazing food. Ramen is not one of them. Asian food in general, not really that great there. Um, so it wasn't until I went to L.A. a few months before I moved to San Francisco, and I was going there with a friend. We were out in the neighborhood, and he was like, oh, we should go get some ramen. And I kind of looked at him, and I was like, man, we are in L.A. Are you kidding me? You want to go spend, like, $28 on some dish that's going to be, like, microwave stuff that they serve us? And he was like, oh, no, trust me. And so we went there, and I got some black garlic, uh, like, tonkotsu ramen. And he kind of, like, told me what to order. He told me, like, what meats and what stuff to get. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, this is a real meal. It was hearty. It was, you know, like the warm broth. It was spicy. It was so fatty and flavorful. I was in love with it. I was like, oh my god, this is what I've been missing out for the last, like, 29 years of my life. Or so at that point. And so ever since then, I've been really hooked. Um, I tried one place in Austin and it wasn't that great. But I knew what good ramen could taste like, having been to that spot in L.A. So when I moved to San Francisco, I knew that uh, the food out here... Um, for ramen and thing and like Chinese food and all sorts of Asian food would be pretty damn high. Like the bar for it would be pretty damn high. So I kind of set out to try as much of it as I could while I live out here. Our food is coming out and we have um, two hot bowls of ramen sitting out here. So we're gonna go ahead and have lunch and we'll be back with um, a nice uh, food review. Welcome back, listeners, to the second half of the podcast. We just finished our lunch at Ipudo, and we're just uh, down the block at a park uh, to finish out the rest of the episode, so hopefully the sound quality is a little bit better here with less music and things going on in the background. 
Um, so Adam, now that we've had lunch and you've had a chance to eat at Ipudo again a couple years later, what were your thoughts of the meal and what did you think of the atmosphere at the restaurant? Yeah, we're really quick. We're here at Berkeley's, uh, the front edge of Berkeley's campus. And if my coworkers or my boss is listening, this is definitely on a Saturday and definitely not during the workday. So please don't judge. Um, the, uh, the ramen was really, really good. Uh, I think, uh, we looked up on Yelp um, during the during the halftime there uh, looked like it got three and a half stars and we both agreed that it was much better than that um, the the broth of the ramen was extremely fatty as soon as I set it down I think we both commented on how how much flavor you could just see in the ramen like it was the opposite of water um, and which is by the way one of like one of the things that I love about Goku ramen in the mission free shout out to them um, that uh, that the the broth almost looks like creamy it does doesn't even look like it's actual an actual broth it's so like fatty and you can just see the flavor just ready to just jump out of that little ladle in your mouth um so anyways the ramen was really great uh the noodles there was interesting um when the waitress asked us to place our order she did something that i'd never seen before and she asked that or she said that they had four different styles of cooking the noodles which is basically like soft medium hard or like I guess like ultra uncooked yeah i think uh i really enjoyed it as well and i i agree with what you said like um looking at yelp's review like three and a half stars i think it was better than that uh, my initial thoughts and again you know being somebody who hasn't had a lot of ramen i i don't really know like what a true ramen is supposed to be like or what the subtleties of of a good ramen are but i would say the noodles were thinner than what i'm used to i think Usually, uh, the ramen that I've had, it seems to be more of a thicker noodle. And the broth was great. I, I typically like to get like a spicy ramen, I think, because when you have so much broth, like I just love the feeling of having that like spice in your stomach. And, um, you know, it kind of sometimes you maybe you drink it a little bit too fast and, and you start to like feel the spice, like, oh, I, you know, I should slow down. But, um, I think it's nice that like it goes well with like having the noodles and and just like having that feeling of like having a warm soup like it's kind of nice to have it spicy um and the atmosphere in there was cool it was like a spacious place like a lot of seating uh they had like good music playing it just felt very welcoming and it's like a really cool spot of berkeley like i i don't remember the name of the street but it's like off of maybe shattuck or something it's like not on the main street kind of on a, on a little bit of a side street but um just like a modern like cool looking restaurant from the outside um so i'm glad we went there yeah it's definitely a place i would be down to to go check out again um so what what do you think about how ipudo would stack up to other ramen shops in the bay area is this like at the top of your list or where would it rank amongst the others this is probably in my top three i mean again this is a constantly forming list since i'm so new to exploring all this but um it's a, it's a really it's a really good spot. I mean that broth is is no joke. Um, the I always enjoy like that last little bit of ramen where you've eaten all of, like the solid pieces of like meat and noodles and veggies out, and you just have the broth left, and you just kind of get to tilt up the bowl and drink it. Because um, also all the spice settles down there, so it's really it's a spicy shot at the end. Um, if it wasn't so far away from where I lived, I would go here more often. Um, the, the noodles thing was interesting. I would want to go back and and try it with the soft noodles just to kind of see what it's like. Or maybe see, see if they have a different type of noodle because that was you, that was a good point that I forgot to mention. 
the noodles are very thin. So yeah, that uh, it was a great spot. I definitely enjoyed it, and I would go back here, especially next time I'm in Berkeley. I don't know of any other spots in Berkeley that are that are this good. And actually, given that I've been to Sobu in Oakland as well, um, I think this is better than Sobu. So if someone is on the East Bay or in the East Bay, I would probably recommend Udo over Sobu. But you've been to Sobu, and what were your what were your thoughts? Do you do you prefer one over the other? Um, I don't remember Sobu as being something that stood out to me. Uh, but at the same time, I think both were good. Like I, I for me personally, I don't know if there's there's one that stood out as being uh, like a special restaurant that I would um, make as like a destination. But if I was like in the neighborhood of either place, I would enjoy it. So like like Sobu is like it's close to work. It's like on the edge of Chinatown. It's an easy place to go for lunch. Um, so it's probably something that's gonna like make it into my rotation of like lunch spots around the office that I'll go to. Um, and on the flip side of that, like I love hanging out in Berkeley. If I'm here, like Yaputo would be a nice place to go. So yeah, I, I think both of them were nice. So you know now that we've uh, kind of talked about different ramen shops and and different types of ramen that you like just in general like living in san francisco and in the bay area like has your uh preferences or tastes of food changed or like is there anything that stands out like that's regional to this area that um you've enjoyed trying or that that you think like is not as easy to find in other places yeah well living in texas for my entire life before moving to california over the last two years it's definitely it's definitely been a shock um you know growing up I, my parents made typical uh, American cuisine, you know, pizza, hot dogs, hamburgers, um, you know, like, you know, fatty foods that are good tasting, a little bit Southern. Uh, you know, growing up in Texas, you got some of like the Cajun influences, a lot of Mexican food. Um, but the servings are so much larger in Texas. And the first thing that I noticed when I came out here, uh, when I, cause I moved to San Francisco, like I'd never even, been out here before I moved. I literally, like the first time I got here was when I stepped off the plane with my suitcases. Um, so I really wasn't quite sure what to expect. And the serving sizes are so much smaller here. People just eat less here and the and what they eat is a lot lighter. Like in general, you'll just find a lot of dishes are made with, like they're not going to be as fried. They're not going to use as much butter um, or sugar, like added sugar. So that was the biggest thing. As far as what you've asked, um, how have my, how has like my palate changed? In general, I eat a lot more Asian food out here. Um, I think that, uh, that obviously living in Texas where it's not as good out there uh, and moving out here where it's kind of like one of the meccas in the US for really great Asian food, sushi, ramen, even Chinese food. We live right next to Chinatown. That's amazing. Uh, that's an amazing location to just go and get some cheap eats. That has definitely taken up a larger percentage of my, of like, the restaurants that I do or that I go to when I eat out I don't eat barbecue out here at all it's uh it's I'm trying to be gentle um <laughs> coming from Austin because I think I was spoiled living out there it's not the type of barbecue that I would prefer uh also the Mexican food is very different out here obviously um Baja style western style uh, Mexican food is a lot different from Tex-Mex the main difference being the fact that Tex-Mex has so much more beans and refried beans and cheese 
It's very, very uh, much more cheese centric than out here where they use a lot more avocado. Um, I think that's both healthy, like both like part of like the health thing and then part of the uh, part of the fact that avocados are much easier to get out here. So those are the two big changes. Uh, less barbecue, different style of Tex-Mex, and a lot more Asian food. So when you go back to Austin, um, or even just thinking about the food that you enjoyed back there, are there things that you miss that you feel like you can't find here? I know you, you, know you mentioned maybe barbecue, but or like also just like when you go to visit Austin, are there certain restaurants or types of food that you're like eager to go back and try because you feel like you can't get it out here as much? Yeah, totally. My my good friends from Austin, um, I always give them a hard time. I'm like, listen, I'm kind of there to see you, and I'm kind of there just to eat my way through the city again. Uh, the biggest thing being barbecue. The barbecue in that you have available to you in Austin through just some of the random hole-in-the-wall food trucks, uh, all the way to like the brick-and-mortar establishments. They're they're very very good. It's very competitive out there. I mean, the barbecue scene is like talked about in foodie magazines and stuff and people have their different recipes for how slow they can cook pieces of meat um and it's just it's it's different and people like my one of my really good friends he bought like a thousand dollar smoker like that's some of like the hobbies that people who live out there they they invest in like smokers so they can like you know come up with their own recipes for like wings and for you know different ribs and things like that so just a lot more meat and a lot more barbecue i love to eat it all when I'm out there. I mean, if we wanted to uh, do a uh, destination podcast <laughs> episode of the podcast, I would love to go to Austin and talk about all those things. Um, that's the biggest thing is the barbecue. I try to eat in a three-day weekend. I try to eat three meals of barbecue when I'm out there, which is a lot of meat. Nice. I usually come back not feeling so hot. Uh, and then, to a lesser extent, the tacos out there. Not that there aren't great tacos in California, but they're just... Uh, there's just not as there's not as many. Austin is really known for just having a ton of taco stands. This one place in particular called Torchies, they're a chain. I think they have like 20 locations across Texas. Uh, they come up with really inventive tacos like uh, like a Jamaican jerk chicken with mangoes and jalapenos. Um, it's one of my it's one of my favorites. They have like their own like special um, like hot sauce and, and like sour cream that they put on top of that. That's like by far my favorite taco in the city of Austin and so I also I'll honestly get like three or four of those tacos and then kind of like keep a few and I'll take some with me on the plane so that I can like eat them for like lunch the next day. So I've spent some time uh, in Houston a c couple times I visited Austin but mostly I've been to Houston and we would go to this barbecue place called Rudy's and oh. what I love about and I don't know that all barbecue places are you know how similar they are but what i love about rudy's is that you get there you just like order like i want a quarter pound of this meat i want like half a pound of sausage i want a pound of brisket all these different meats and then they just you just like put like uh, a piece of paper on your table and you just like throw all the meat on the table and everybody just like picks from it like it's a communal style of eating and I think like that just that in general just like feels awesome like it's not where like everybody has their own little plate of food and you kind of like stick to what you order but it's like everybody's sharing and you're not even using plates you're just like throwing it on like the table like on this paper so I, I always thought that like that atmosphere was really cool um, so I'm, I'm curious have you tried any of the barbecue restaurants in SF and like what did you think about it or like what was that experience like oh, um. Yeah, first off, Rudy's is amazing, and it is an experience. 
there's a few different like Rudy's is a chain in Texas and they're all next to gas stations which makes it sound just like such a bad uh, endorsement of the quality of the food but it's really it's really a fun experience to go in like those picnic tables inside and they give you like milk crates yeah with uh, yeah with like you said like wax paper and they put all the meat just on there and then you can just pick at it they give you just a stack of white bread and a, like, a, like a fat cup of sauce that you can just make your own sandwiches or yeah Rudy's is quite the experience and they have those big troughs full of just iced down beer yeah oh, it's that's pretty great uh, uh, I have been to two spots in SF one of them was Pete's in the Mission uh, and this made me so sad I, I I feel that I could disrupt quote unquote the uh, barbecue market out here so well with just like one of one of like the mediocre places from Texas I mean the meat was cooked uh, way too fast you know so it wasn't very like there was no fall off the bone aspect of the ribs um, there was no like what they call bark um, like the salt and pepper uh, like crust that forms on the outer edge of the brisket you know, almost like a like a like a crust that's kind of like crunchy, and also in, like has a lot of the fat trapped in it and like the smokiness, and so it's a really great like shell to the meat, um, not in like a gross way, you know, but just kind of like an outer layer of the meat that forms on really good barbecue. But there's none of that, completely under seasoned. Uh, barbecue sauce is a little bit um, more personal. A lot of I think I think it's uh, Carolinas. You know, they are really big into like vinegar-based barbecue, so it's really watery. Um, that's not my style. I prefer more of like a thicker, like tomato-based barbecue sauce that kind of comes from like the middle of the country, like Kansas and Memphis, or actually Memphis is dry rough, but Kansas, um, where it's like thick barbecue sauce. And when I, where I grew up in Texas, my dad's pretty good at making barbecue on the grill, um, like a thicker sauce. So me being out here, a lot of these sauces are vinegar-based. San Francisco so personally I don't think they're very good I think but but I'm willing to give that up to like a stylistic difference so anyways the uh, the ribs were not seasoned they were not fall off the bone the brisket was or like what I guess they called like like sliced beef or sliced brisket was really tough it had no flavor they somehow managed to um, take all of the fat out of it but leave like all of like the water it was it was one of the most disappointing uh, culinary experiences I've ever had. Anyways, uh, I'm sorry if anyone who owns or goes to Pete's regularly is listening. It was it was not uh, it was not the highlight of my experience in San Francisco. <laughs> well, I mean, it's cool to hear that at least you've you've tried it out. Uh, you know, you, you went to the restaurants, you gave it you gave it a good faith effort, and and you came to grips with the fact that you're just not going to find. What, what you could find back where, where you're from. And I mean, I think that makes it nice to go back to know that you always have that option of, of like visiting friends and family and, and enjoying a food that, that you love that you just like can't get here. That, that's how I feel when I go back to the Midwest or like when I go to like celebrate the holidays with my family, there's certain foods that I really enjoy that are just more special eating them back home. Um, what about uh, like a mission style burrito? Like that's kind of what San Francisco is known for, um, like, you know, when it comes to Mexican food, very well known for, like, the mission-style burrito. Um, do you have an opinion on that? Like, is that, 
different from things that you would find in Texas when it comes to Mexican food and and is it something that you enjoy yeah yeah and, and I should apologize I I feel like I am a uh, a person who grew up with a certain type of dish and you know like their quote-unquote parents made it or they're used to growing up with it made it a certain way I came out to California and I kind of just uh, shot all over that barbecue <laughs> I, I feel really bad about that um, but I also realized that I I'm expecting it to be like home and it's not so I will I will gladly temper my review <laughs> with that. Um, the mission style burritos are really great out here. Uh, they are, like I said, a little bit different from Texas in that Texas is a lot more refried beans. Um, you know where they put a lot more effort into. You know you can make refried beans at beads at home with, uh, with just a little bit like olive oil to keep it like light and healthy. Um, mashing up some you know salt pepper and. Uh, caramelized onions and garlic and jalapeno and it's and it's a very light dish or you can add just like a ton of butter and make it one of like the tastiest things on the planet i think out here when you do see refried beans and you don't see them very often normally it's pinto or black regular beans uh they're very light um in texas they seem like they seem to always cook those things with like just a billion pounds of butter so they take a lot they take a lot more of the flavor profile off um you know it's a lot more like bean and fat centric and also they use so much more cheese in texas very much beany and cheesy um they also have queso out there which is sadly something that hasn't made its way to california for some reason queso uh being like melted cheese um like almost like a like a dipping sauce uh yeah so it's it's different out here but they are just as good i mean the avocado and the produce out here in general is really, really fresh. And they, the, the way they cook the meat in the mission, you know, like a, a random hole in the wall place is still amazing. I think, uh, shout out to the last episode, number 12, uh, at uh, La Torta Gorda, one of my favorite spots in the mission for a great, like, hungover uh, meal in the mornings, like a Saturday or Sunday morning. Um, they do a phenomenal job with the pork. And it is... It's, you know, like I said, just a little bit different, but still pretty, pretty great Mexican food out here. Yeah, I think in talking to people who grew up in Texas or maybe even just like went to school there for four years, I think queso is always something that comes up. Like you said, like cheese is a big part of the way that they cook. And just having like, a, I don't know, what do you, what do you call it? Like a warmed up... Um, cheese where you can like use this dipping sauce with like chips or like with um other you know like a quesadilla or like other types of food uh it seems to be like a very regional thing um that uh it's just like a big part of like the way that mexican food is done in texas and like i did another episode um just kind of focusing on mexican food uh with my friend who grew up in guadalajara and, and he was also comparing like oh mexico city to guadalajara to like baja and like mexican food is um just diverse like all depending on all these different regions in Mexico and I think it's um it's one of my favorites like just to explore like all the different uh ways that that the food can be cooked so what about like uh cooking like are there things that you like to cook and is has any of that been influenced by like the regional food of Texas that you grew up with or um like what kind of recipes do you cook yeah a lot of what I cook is definitely uh rooted in what I grew up with. A lot of Mexican food. Um, I make, like I make my own refried beans um, and I'll make bean burritos with that, with just like melted, like shredded cheese. Of course, uh, fresh 
um, like shredded because by the way the one of the worst things uh, in the world is buying bagged shredded cheese like a cheese grater costs like three dollars on Amazon and I actually think you get more cheese per pound when it's in a block and it's fresher and you shred it yourself and it's so easy to shred it's not like something like mincing garlic where you, you know it's a pain in the ass it is so much easier to just and fresher to shred cheese yourself right over um, uh, so I love making that I like to make breakfast tacos a lot whenever I can for like myself on the weekends I kind of like a treat yourself thing or for friends when like they stay in town and they're hungover you know just making up some bacon some eggs uh, uh, avocado and cheese I mean pretty pretty standard but uh, it's a great combo um, as far as other things I like to make uh, rice and beans as well I mean all this is kind of um, what I used to eat growing up you know with parents who raised me in, in Houston so a lot of Mexican food um, as far as what else I cook I, I kind of just find dishes that usually revolve around like chicken thighs because um, that's one of my favorite meats. It's light, um, you know, it's a lot of protein, and there's enough fat in there to make it tasty on, like, chicken breast, which is kind of hard to, to get cooked uh, right. Um, they're a lot harder to cook, and it's a lot harder to flavor them up. You have to add a lot more stuff to it, but chicken chicken thighs, you can almost just, like, put seasonings on it and, like, dice it up and, like, cook it in the skillet or, um, or like, like, bake it, and it'll turn out pretty edible, pretty easy. Um, I like, one of my favorite dishes is chicken thighs with, uh, with collard greens and sweet mashed potatoes. Uh, another thing we were talking about actually during, uh, during our break was this dish where like honey and soy sauce is such a great combo to make for sauces. Um, put that in with uh, like onions, garlic, jalapenos, and diced up chicken thighs in like a big pot. Uh, and you let that simmer for a few hours and make it serve it with some coconut rice. And that's like, I can make that meal in bulk and it lasts for like four or five days. Occasionally I'll get a bug to make something really fancy. I think the fanciest thing I've recently made was like a pork roast. I took like a big old pork shoulder and I made like a Tuscan style like herb rub from scratch, you know, like minced up all like the herbs and the spices and the vegetables, or not vegetables, herbs and the spices and put it in a blender with like olive oil. And I rubbed the pork shoulder, roasted it for like six or seven hours. Then I made um, like roasted broccolinis with, uh, with chili flakes and garlic. Um, and I made all those, like I put those in like sandwich buns, like hokey rolls. That was pretty decadent. Sadly, that's not like regular week eating. Uh, otherwise I'd be 400 pounds. But, but yeah, so cooking in general is something I like to do. It's not something I get to do enough. Yeah, I think with my own uh, experience cooking, I can kind of relate to that. Like, I don't do it very often for the convenience, but it's nice to plan ahead, like try new recipes, be able to devote a lot of time. Like you said, you spent like six or seven hours of cooking that pork shoulder. Like, it's cool to like find a special occasion or a reason to do something like that, where you can make something elaborate or something that, um, that looks interesting that you've never been able to try before. And so, you know, you mentioned that some of your friends in Texas would like invest in um, large grill or large smokers for like yep. making barbecue. So is barbecue something that you have uh, given a try? Like have you done smoking or um, have you like tried like making your own barbecue in the past? I haven't because the friends that I talk to, they all own houses in Austin and they have backyards and they've grilled. I've always lived in apartments. Um, and so I usually, and honestly, 
they're so much better at it than I am. There's no reason for me to try. I support cooking in other areas. Like I'll make like macaroni and cheese from scratch. Like make like like the roux, you know, and then like make like the cheese, like the bechamel cheese sauce and add like smoked paprika and stuff like that and I'll like make like a really nice macaroni and cheese and they take care of the meat because they're so much better at uh like they have you know like infrared thermometers you know and they have like different uh like they, they'll go like drive 50 miles to get like special wood chips because they want the smoke to have a certain flavor for like the chicken wings versus like the ribs that they use I mean they're nuts I'm not competing against that uh and that's fine like one of my friends he grows his own peppers so that he can dry them out grind them up and then he has his own chili powder because he will not accept anything close to being store but he won't even store by his peppers like that's how far down like the chain he goes to like home make it home make uh things for like barbecue or barbecue related things so the answer is no <laughs> i do not do any of that myself because i have some friends who are way better at it than i am when it comes to cooking i think sometimes it's good just to recognize that like this is not my area of expertise i'm fine like going to a nice restaurant and letting them you know, show off what, what they've spent years like preparing for, or even friends like who have already invested the money and time into it. Um, and, you know, just like uh, find another area to, to specialize in when, <laughs> yeah. when, when you're cooking um, or trying new recipes. Um, well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, is there anything else that, that you want to share like regarding the ramen that you've tried around this area or the, the barbecue that you grew up with or, you know, like anything else food related as we're wrapping things up? Yeah, uh, Goku Ramen. If you're in SF, Torchy's Tacos if you're in Austin, and uh, Franklin's Barbecue in Austin is well worth the wait. Uh, it might, I think it's like three or four hours to get in line for it, but uh, if you're ever in Austin, it is definitely worth the, the time invested to try some of the best barbecue you will ever have in your entire life. Those are my recommendations. Yeah, well, well this is cool. Like, I think ramen is a... Uh is a type of food that I haven't had a chance to explore much, so it's good just to like hear about all these places that you've been trying and even come up here in Berkeley and, and check out this restaurant. Um, as it relates to like Texas uh, cuisine, um, I definitely need to like spend some more time there and check out the barbecue. Like Austin's a city that I haven't gotten to know enough. I've heard about Torchy's Tacos, like somebody's mentioned that to me, I've never been there. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of good barbecue places like I always hear about Franklin's and I know you have to like camp out early to like be able to try the food but it there must be a line for a reason so but there, yeah there's like a lot of uh, places in Austin and around Texas that I want to check out as well um, so yeah thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast today yeah thanks for having me and uh, thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll see you next time